Good morning and welcome to the Mowers Club, brought to you by Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation. I'm James Magnuson and my co-host is back. He was on a New Zealand Warriors trip. Uh, could we call it a bit of a sabbatical? What was it over there, Scope? You're, you're garnering the support of the Warriors fans who have at times said that you don't get behind the wires. Yeah, so that's, uh, in, in a way, that was uh, one of the reasons, many reasons behind going back to the for the Warriors trip. But uh, I'd, I'd like to just start off with a bit of gratitude, boys. Um, uh, bit off topic here, uh, Missile, but while I was away, um, you know, we haven't been, this 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 trio, we haven't been together for, for almost four weeks. I went to Queenstown, had a break. When I come back, True. Gibbo was gone. Yeah. Um, I actually missed being here on the mowers more the than crew. I thought. It's one of those things you don't realise you miss it until you're gone. So it's good to be back. Uh, but while I was over there in New Zealand, um, Four Levels Network, I also uh, play golf. Um, you remember earlier in the year we yep. played with the Cowboys boys? Yep. So this is the Warriors episode. Um, we filmed with Dylan Walker, Wade Egan, and Bailey Sirenen, uh at Teatai Lynx in New Zealand. It was the best course I've ever played on. It was. It's only been open for a year now. It's just stunning. Um, right by the water, uh, you get your own personalised caddy that goes around with you Ooh, the entire that's round. Nice. Um, did that help? It did really. Yeah. Um, it helped Bailey Sirenen, who kept on slicing his balls into the beach. So yeah. poor Jace was doing hill sprints the entire time. Um, <laughs> oh, Jason so the Bailey caddy gets the balls for you, mate. He would. He just run oh. off. So we didn't realise at <laughs> first, the right? Grass. So we're hitting balls, and then um, you know, I start, I pl- actually played one of my better rounds as well, which, which helped. Yep. Um, but, but, uh, Bailey Sirenland had a wicked slice on him and he was just like chasing right every time he, cause I didn't realize at first because me and Dill were playing, um, you know, pretty conservative. It's a Lynx course. So for those that don't know, uh, Lynx, no trees, um, a lot of room to, if you spray it, it's going right. So yeah. we played nice and conservative. Onto like another fairway. Yes. Yeah. You can go all the way across or, yeah. um, so <laughs> Yeah, Bailey was spraying him. Jace was chasing him, and then um, it was just—it was just one of the—it was one of the better rounds. Really good golf. Um, Bailey teamed up with Wade Egan. Um, he's off four or five. Okay. So he's really good. Dill yep. Walker's off about eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in the middle, uh, and then Bailey obviously was there for banter. Okay. <laughs> he was there for banter. So these these caddies that are with you are yep. they on foot chasing balls? Uh, or they got a buggy? No, they're on foot. We're all on foot. It's a traditional course, so oh, there's okay. no buggies there. Okay. So you have to walk. Um, How much do you reckon a caddy gets paid like, to, to do that job? Because a little bit annoying, but also a pretty cool job. Oh, yeah. I'd say it's it's uh, quite expensive to play on it, obviously. Uh, you've got to be either a member or uh, staying on the resort. Like there's a resort where you can stay on there, yeah. and then you obviously book around through that. Um, I'd say a day rate because he would have done – he did nine holes with us. And then I dare say, how many rounds do you reckon he'd fit in? Because just say, just say there's like, you know, anywhere between five to ten of them potentially throughout the day because the group behind us has a personalized caddy. Yeah. So he's got a role. He's got to finish his 18, come back around of – it goes for about three and a half hours, four hours. I'd say he'd be doing three rounds. I'd say the day rate would maybe be about 500 bucks to the day for him. Yep. That's and then bad. tips. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we tipped him. We, I made sure Bailey tipped oh, him. Of course. <laughs> um, um, yeah, on, on behalf of the group, because, um, you know, when we do it, we pay for the round. Yeah. We look after the boys. We pay for lunch. We had a couple of uh, schooners in the um, yeah. clubhouse after. Yeah, so who was, was your in? How did you get in the course? Um, so we got, had Hiroki Golf, um, yeah. a club brand over there that uh, 
they make custom made uh, golf bags. Okay. Uh, so they reached out. I said we're coming to New Zealand. Basically, put it out into the world. Yeah. Um, like I always do. Yeah. They reached out. Um, generally I do it, and then you know, obviously, if a pro reaches out, then I try to you know have a chat to them. This is the this is the idea. This is what we do. Yeah. They reached out. They made me a custom levels golf bag, which oh, is nice. so cool. Like it's an old vintage um, looking bag. You you chuck it on. Um, and then uh, you, it's just so nice and light. You can get around. It's really good for traveling. Like if I was to travel, yeah. then you don't have to necessarily pay for that. I can put it in my suitcase. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. obviously the clubs is, is going to be the, the yeah. pain in the bum. But um, yeah, Hiroki Golf looked after us. Uh, it was really good golf. And then off the back of that, um, because we we're traveling to play golf, we try to make sure that we, we doubled down and got as much content as we could. Yeah. So Warriors versus Manly. Which worked out really well because you know myself being an ex manly player and Mesa yeah. manly legend obviously <laughs> for his one year there, uh, and it was Daniel Anderson Stadium for the night for Daniel Anderson. That's cool. How's he, uh, Daniel Anderson going? Good, good. Yeah, he's um, Daniel Anderson gave me my first ever NRL jersey as well, yeah. so that was extra special. Um, he's good, like as as to be expected. He's progressing a lot better. Um, you so know, originally was he. For, I don't want to get up the, the names of it wrong, but he couldn't use hands or feet. Like, he couldn't yes. use any limbs, right? He's so, starting to get moving back. Um, I actually didn't run into him. I was speaking to Ruben Wiki about it, yeah. uh, and Ruben Wiki had a little bit more information, but apparently he's moving around. He's, he's I've seen some um, clips of him talking to Hindy and, yeah. and on Fox and, and whatnot, and he, he's still got a really good sense of humour. He's, yeah. He's got a real dry sense of humor, Ando. So, yeah. I, you know, that's why I really got – he's really sarcastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can still see that he's still got that. So, um, despite, obviously, you know, the tough position that he's in at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was good, mate. Warriors, that atmosphere over there is as good as it gets in the NRL right now. Wow. As good as it we'll gets. We'll talk about the Warriors a little bit later because they were on again last night. Um, just on the Daniel Anderson thing. So, for our listeners that don't know, he had an accident body surfing yeah. in the surf hit his head into the, the sand bank or, or something of the like and and was basically paralyzed as a result. It's funny how things like that just sit in the back of your mind. So I was at Bondi the other day. There was a bit of a heavy shore break and I've always been a little bit of a lunatic with body surfing, you know, just yeah. will go on anything and kind of never think twice about it as opposed to surfing where you think twice because you've got a board attached to you and you can get hurt and stuff. And I was swimming for this wave that I knew was going to be a closeout and I was going to get smashed and I just had a thought of Daniel Anderson. I was like, oh, actually, like, it's not, it's worth not that it. safe. Yeah. 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 And I'd never thought of that before. And it was only that that week I'd listened to something on the Daniel Anderson story. And it's funny how stuff like that just clicks in yep. your mind. And you're like, why am I going kamikaze on this wave? Like, that's a bit dumb. Yeah, it could be like an age thing too, right? Yeah. Kind of, you know, when you're a bit younger, you just like take anything on. As you get a little bit older, you're just like, do I need to hit that? Do I need to take that wave? Yeah. Or can I just wait for a next one, you know? That's weird, isn't it? Do you ever do that, Gibbo? Welcome to the show. Hey, mate. Nathan, Nathan Gibbons. Nathan Gibbons? Yeah. Yeah, we'll introduce you fully. Yeah. yeah, Gibbo. Nathan Gibbons 8 on Instagram. You can find me on Hinge. <laughs> Nathan, on Nathan Gibbons 8. Yeah, that's that's my Instagram. Hand. Is that okay. because you're number 8 in rugby? Uh, no, because oh. I... Like eight out of tens. 
Oh. <laughs> no, no. It's because of 8th of February. 8th of February. But oh, you, you know the remarkable thing about Daniel Anderson, and, and this was on that Fox episode, is that he's still working at the Roosters. Yeah. So yeah. he's like in the pathways at the moment. So he's watching footage, uh, like talking with Robinson about recruiting. Remarkable story. Yeah, I, I saw a similar thing on Bondi Rescue. There was ages ago, there was this episode of this big Brazilian dude who was out here for some sort of, like, I don't know, bodybuilding thing. He dove head first into a sandbag of Bondi, and since that day, I was like, "Oh, I might just, I might just steer clear of body surfing." Mm. Of body surfing altogether. Yeah, yeah, well, on those sort of sm- on those big days where the banks are right there, but the other one um, that happened during the week that uh, makes you think twice. So there was a shark attack in Port Macquarie. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Which over the years, like Port Macquarie is pretty bad for sharks. One yep. of my mates was uh, a lifeguard up there and they have a, a tracker that sits just off Lighthouse Beach where this guy was attacked and all the sharks that go past ping, that have been tagged, ping yep. on this tracker and it shows up on his phone. And he was at swim training one morning, he used to swim with me and he's like, have a look at this, this is a tracker for today. And it would have been over 100 pings that day of sharks going up and down past Port Macquarie. Just because where it sits, they often their their destination is up around Ballina or Byron Bay ish area where there used to be a whaling station back in the day. So they all migrate up there because they've been doing it for years looking for food. But they all come past Port Macquarie, and some of them hang around in the the area because at, at different times of the year there's warmer waters and whatnot. And uh, as kids growing up and surfing there, we saw sharks a few times. But you, there was a couple of rules that we always used to abide by, which is don't surf at dawn or dusk. Yeah. That's the sketchiest time. And always make sure there's other people out there yep. surfing when, when you're out there. This that guy, this four meter great four, white. Four meter great oh, white. And he, got fought this guy. It, and he fought it off. Yeah. Yeah. Mick Fanning style. Yeah. But there's been quite a few, there's been deaths from sharks up there. And again, it just, it like, kind of clicks with you. It must be an age thing. Yeah. You go, Oh, I used to be out there all the time. Like, is that, and it's it's probably it's the best spot for waves in town, but you go, oh, I guess geez. I guess like say if you are like a lifetime surfer though, like you, you do sort of weigh up the risk, especially if you live up on the mid north coast, like you do yeah. know it's sharky, and it's something you sort of like you said, dusk and dawn, and maybe if it's overcast, yeah. probably steer you know the craziest thing there would have been there's three times that I've seen sharks when we're out surfing, each of those three times I saw them someone would yell out or I'd yelled out or people had yelled out like shark, shark, shark. 99% of people would paddle into shore and like one or two dudes would just stay out there real staunch and just yeah. refuse to come into shore. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what's your story? Well, cause you even say that like here when the, the shark alarm comes up, everyone has to like get off the beach. Like you see the Manly beach, which is a huge tourist beach. And there'll be one guy out there like, nah, not coming in. Yeah. Not coming in. I'll say, all right, hero. Yeah. So this is my chance. This is my chance. We had, um, we'll just quickly, uh, Miss I've got a funny story about a teammate of mine. We used to do uh, recovery at Manly Beach yeah. all the time. Oh, not uh, freshwater. Um, and Beautiful then spot. That's a little bit further up backyard. towards Narrabeen as well, uh, yeah. Gibbo. And Richie Farso uh, was a teammate of mine, and he he used to have to swim laps in the um, pool, <laughs> designated pool next, next to the um, ocean because – he wouldn't just get in the water, so they used to they used to make him train and actually swim laps. While a lot of us would just sit in the water and, and enjoy it, because he was too scared of sharks. Too scared of sharks, and he always <laughs> he used to say this to Donny Singh, our trainer. 
Sharks don't come in the pub. I don't go in the water, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so he used oh, to just – he would have to swim 10 laps or we would just literally be standing up to our um, – our budgies or whatever in the water and, yeah. and stay in there for five minutes purely because he refused to get in the ocean. When you played for Manly Scope, was there many guys who did surf? Um, like, cause I know there's a few in the comp at the moment, guys like Harry Grant. Well, you're close with no. Rennie. Rennie was. Yeah. So Rennie, oh, right. Rennie tried to teach me when I was at um, Parramatta. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't have, I've got the balance of a giraffe. Like mm. if you try to get me up there, I just couldn't, I could, I was out there for about two hours me and Willie Tonga were both out it's there quite together. quite frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating. <laughs> we had this massive long board too. Like it's, you know, we shouldn't have been falling over as many times. Yeah. He was pushing us um, and well, the waves weren't all that big at all. I, just, I, I can't stand to, up. When I spoke to Rennie, he said he was pretty confident that he was the best surfer in the, in the, in the NRL. Yeah. I'd love to do like yeah. a, you know, um, Stab Magazine, which is a surf mag or Fox or something, and then just do who's the best surfer in NRL. Yeah. Because guys like Mark Gaznia. You got Andrew yep. Johns. You got Fletch as well. Yeah, but I think Rennie also does big wave stuff. Yeah, um, which is probably another level up. Yeah, obviously um, Sato as well. Sato, Sato yeah, he'd be it. up there. Well, because those guys, Marubra guys, who are pretty heavy yeah. surf big waves. So I did, I did that Bulldogs podcast, the in-house podcast, Bill Woods. whatever it is. Yeah, Bill Woods, and Rennie was on it, and there was an, a, a Bulldogs player. I can't remember his name. We'll have to find him in the break, Gibbo, to do him justice. He was a halfback for the Bulldogs in the 80s. Yep. Around when they won the comp. Um, anyway, he was saying, you know, he was a mad surfer, lives in Cronulla. And it, it just came up and I said, oh, Rennie's a good surfer too. And he's like, yeah, no, I've got, I've, I'd have Rennie covered. It's <laughs> not Craig Polamano, was it? No, 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 <laughs> way previous. He's, he, and he goes, I'd have Rennie covered. And I saw Rennie just flinch. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the point, Rennie goes, I'd carve that guy out. So he takes it pretty serious. Uh, since we saw you last, Gibbo. Yep. Scope and I both did uh, City to Surf. Yeah, I, I heard, I saw. Yeah, so we had the, I had the big competition in-house with my girlfriend. And uh, she hadn't been training all that well. Like her times in training were super similar to mine. And I was thinking on race day, I'm going to have her. Mate, she had another level. Yeah. She went, I think, I think she ended up about 4.38 pace-ish. Yeah. That's outstanding. Um, just pulled it out of the bag on the day. So the way the race panned out, Gibbo, um, I had this plan. Five-minute pace the whole way. Coming down the hill into Bondi, I really pick it up. And that will get me sub five-minute pace. I was jogging along with her and a couple of our other friends. Got to the hill, uh, going past Edgecliff Station. There's a hill going down into Double Bay. And for whatever reason, I was just had this, something clicked in my mind. I was like, nah, today's my day. I'm feeling it. I'm going to go above and beyond. So I take off. And uh, looking back on my splits on Strava, my second kilometer was 348 pace oh wow <laughs> so i put the foot down <laughs> and i thought i'd break their spirit i was like if i break them here this is early in the race she's banking on taking it taking off from me sort of mid-race so if i put the foot down here it'll break her spirits so i take off 348 pace gibbo is like fast. it's it's that's fast it's fairly solid that's yeah. fast well, i don't think I've, I've i've never gone under four four minutes per lap before. it's fairly solid yeah so i'm thinking in my head i'm gonna break her will um and so I don't see her then until for, for quite some time. Then we're right at the end of Heartbreak Hill. I'm in one lane of traffic and I just see in the far lane of traffic, she passes me on Heartbreak Hill at the very end of it. And by the very end of Heartbreak Hill, 
your spirit's starting to get broken a little bit because you keep coming around corners and there's more hill and there's more hill and there's more hill. And I didn't have the change of pace. So she broke me on Heartbreak Hill, ended up beating me by about three minutes Jeez. overall. Yeah. What's the bragging must, rights like that? You must have been super gassed at the top of that hill because I was the opposite. I was like trying to pull myself back yeah. and give the respect to the hill. Yeah. And uh, so I had better times than I anticipated going down yeah. towards Heartbreak Hill. But then I'm like, I'm going to try rip into this hill, get it down and then roll down the hill again after yeah. that. Yeah. The last bit into Bondi is nice, isn't it? Yeah. Except that little extra bit at the end. Yeah. So I was 4.53 pace. You are about the same, weren't yep. you? But yep. there was about 30 seconds between us. So Scope scope beat me. It was about 108-ish, and I was 109-ish. Yep. Um, but a fun day. It's so good, mate. When you've trained for it, it's, it's fun. It's so good. It's, yeah, 100%. Last time, like, that was a part of my strategy behind Heartbreak Hill because I was so gassed last year yeah. after I'd finished Heartbreak Hill. Um, I'd got through it and I went, oh, I'm okay here. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. And obviously because um, we're working towards the Sydney Marathon as well, so I've been doing some some longer runs. But it felt good to be enjoying the run on yeah. the way back. I was able to yeah. soak it in a little bit more. I've seen yeah. uh, a few friends. Yeah. Um, you know, a few, uh, a couple of my friends' missus was taking a video. I was able to play up to it a little yeah. bit. So yeah. that was nice rather than just being like full on, yeah, you know, big breasts and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Well, I had the, uh, so um, when I got the new shoes, the Flash Nike kicks on the Tuesday, oh, races on go? the Saturday. They felt awesome. And I think that was part of the reason I put the foot down because the kicks were feeling so good. But hadn't worn them for a run before, before the race. So I lost one toenail. Yep. Um, I've got another two toenails that are probably going to go. Blisters galore. Uh, but they felt good. But the the thing I liked was, and this was a uh, this was a little theory I had when I did that SAS show as well. Superficial pain kind of takes your mind off the real pain. Yeah, so like okay, I was I thinking that. like ah blisters, like ah my toenails hurting, like little things about like that. The 10K mark. Yeah. Yep. And it took my mind off my lungs and my energy system. So yep. I was like ah blisters, blisters, blisters. Then I like then I hear the the Strava in my ear. 12 kilometers down. I'm like, oh, I'm almost there. And I've been thinking about blistered. I was like, nice, down the hill into Bondi. Yep. So it actually kind of helped. But um, That's awesome a day. Great lesson there. Superficial pain. Yeah, I like that one. Scars over emotional pain or real pain? Yeah, real pain. Real yeah. pain. I like that. That's Because the real pain of the city to surf is your lungs and your, you like know, your, your hurting. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah, your legs are getting heavy. But if you're focusing on the blisters, you kind of forget about it. And then all of a sudden, there you mm. are coming down into Bondi. Yeah. Um, all right, coming up on today's show. So we've got a special hit it or quit it this week. Uh, we're going to do a hit it or quit it on the top. We're going to go down to team number 10, Gibbo. We're going to yep. skip the Eels, who are 10th. We're going to go to the Roosters, who are 11th, because they're the only ones that are actually um, yeah. Unle- unless Unless the Roosters lose to the Tigers today, right? Well, that's the yeah. thing. Can I ask you, boys? But the Parramatta are done. Parramatta are done, yeah. Would they be doing – okay, so would they be doing their Mad Monday this week? And if not, what would training be like oh. all week? Yeah, no, they, they would. Yes, they would. So they'll go on Mad Monday when on Monday. If if the yeah on the actual Monday, well, they if, would have started Thursday night. If the Roosters beat the Tigers, then they're done. Then they can go. They go treat themselves. Oh wow! Could, could yeah, you I reckon they would have started on Thursday no. night? No, 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 no. Not if you're a chance. Not if you're a chance. Because, but are they a chance? They're a chance. Yeah, because if the Tigers beat the Roosters today, then they're like they're back in it. But they're sitting tenth. Yeah, but they've got. 
So then, then they. So then, if Roosters if Roosters lose today, then they uh, Roosters beat Rabbitohs next week. They'd be in front of the Roosters, wouldn't they? Yeah. So and the then Eels, the Cowboys lose to the Panthers. They jump into the eighth. Yeah. So okay. The so they need multiple results. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But they're still alive. Yeah. Okay. And Tigers, man, this, I feel like this Tigers Roosters oh. game is going to be tricky. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I'm so I've, sure. I've gone the line in this Tigers Roosters game, which is 15 and a half. So have I. I've gone it. So have I. Uh, are you going Roosters? I've or? gone Roosters. Oh, okay. I've gone the opposite. So I'm looking at Roosters for and against them, minus 62. Even if they win both games, depending on other results, they may need that for and against to sharpen up quite a lot. Yep. Yep. I'm thinking as soon as they get to a little bit of a lead, they go, we've got to put the foot down here. Yep. Um, and they go big. I feel like I've, it's my thing because I've had – so I've got the first two games up. I stayed away from the game that's on the screen now, Cow, uh, Cowboys and Dolphins. But I had Parra with the start and I had yep. the Dragons with the start. And I'm, and I'm going the Tigers. But the same thinking is that a lot of these teams, two weeks to go at yep. the end of the season, they can just lay it all out there. Yeah. Um, yep. There's no pressure on them anymore. And I like the teams playing with no pressure against the teams you know playing I, with pressure. You know what I've done this week? I took Penrith yeah. with the line. <laughs> and then last night I took Dolphins with the line. Yeah. I've gone the I so I went to opposite theories. The first time I'm like, nah, para are done. They'll just put the queue in the rack and be thinking about Mad Monday. I was thinking they'd go Mad Monday last night. Yep. Uh, Thursday night, sorry. And I'm like, they're done. They'll be thinking party. But that thinking party allowed them to offload, play free-spirited footy. The Pen- Penrith played their worst game I've seen. And Dolphins last night, I went with your theory. I'm like, nah, Dolphins have still got something to play for. <sighs> and they were probably queuing the, the rack. Dolphins yeah. of, the reason I stayed away from the Cowboys-Dolphins is because I've been super biased to the Cowboys all year because I've been on them from the start of the year. So I've been playing my mindset's been playing Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And I haven't got a Dolphins game right all year. I yeah. just can't. Like they're they, hard, aren't they, they? They're, they're hard. so hard to bet on. Like they, they have, they just got so much fight in them. I know Cowboys. Cowboys were good last night. They, 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 were, know, they really went at the Dolphins. They but were. Dolphins still showed a lot of fight despite that. And you know what? And I they think, never give up. Um, helped the the Cowboys last night. Not helped them. Made them go that extra bit harder. Is, and you might have an opinion on this scope. Penrith might not be able to rest as many players as they originally wanted to. Um, no, I think they're in a better position now. They, Penrith, yeah, because then now as long now as now they're definitely second. Well, if Broncos beat Canberra, which I think they will, yeah, next week Broncos play on Thursday or Friday night before Penrith play. So yep. Penrith will be playing the Cowboys on Sunday. If Broncos win both of those games, can finish no worse than second. Can't finish. They can't go up. So you don't think they can't it's go a, up or you don't they can't think it's go an down. issue at all for Penrith to go loss loss into the semis? No, no, that'd be for me. If if I'm think, I I'm not. I wouldn't care at all about because I know what they've put out on the park for the last three or four years. If I'm Ivan, it's about getting a healthy roster for week one of the finals and all ready and ramped up, ready to go. Okay. Uh, and just on the Bulldogs podcast, Phil Young was the name of the oh, Bulldogs okay. player. So he was a halfback uh, for the Bulldogs, 70s, 80s. We'll get uh, Gibbo to do a little research on that just so we do him justice. All right. You're on the Mowers Club with Scope and Missile brought to you by Toro Mowers. You're on the Moles Club with Scope and Missile. Quick update of scores overnight. Warriors 18 defeated the Dragons 6. Dolphins 10 were defeated by the Cowboys 34. Over in the AFL, down there in Mexico, the Collingwood Magpies 101 defeated the Bombers 31. 
pounded them into the core of the earth. Uh, Australia 98 defeated Finland 72 in the basketball. So that's a World Cup, Gibbo. Yep. World Cup or World Champs? Uh, World Cup, FIBA World Cup started Beautiful. in Japan yesterday. I mean, I think Coach K, if Coach K is in today, he, I don't know anyone else who frosts Australian basketball. I was watching it. Oh, you were watching it? I was watching go. it. Oh, okay. There you go. I had a little play on Giddy, um, Josh Giddy. I love Josh Giddy. He's a superstar. He's going to be a superstar in the NBA. Um, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, him and Paddy Mills, it was a bit, bit of a scrappy game. They were playing yeah. Laurie Markkinen, who's uh, from Finland, who was their most notable player. Um, bit scrappy to begin with, but then they really kicked on with it um, in the fourth quarter, and, and uh, a few of the players got rested at the end. And then because um, I had a triple double for Josh Giddy, and he, he finished on nine oh. eight because he, they come off, and he was uh. he was all sorted with uh, with like eight minutes to go, seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So he was the first person to ever get a triple double in a World Cup. Josh oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, LeBron got close, maybe a double, tri- whatever, whatever, not a... No, Josh Giddy was the f- fell short. Oh, LeBron damn. is the only player <laughs> to have that. done it. Yeah, so you're there. Thanks, Gibbo, for rubbing that in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that was <laughs> his bet. I don't know what it was. It was a basketball talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's all right. I'm listening yeah. over here, Gibbo. It's at least one of us is listening. Um, all Blacks uh, went down to South Africa 35-7 to in a World Cup warm-up match. Uh I'm sure they always probably like their B, C. No, it was uh, not. Yeah, they had a good team. They're, they're getting, they're warming up. It's, it's, it's a little bit alarming. It's a little bit alarming so far. Like you know, was so it close. Springboks top team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and but they beat the Springboks down in New Zealand um, about five weeks ago, uh, and Springboks team was there. Springboks and. And the All Blacks, they're the favourites for the for the World Cup. I don't know a heaps of, a heap about rugby, right? And don't follow it too closely, but uh, it always seems to me like Springbok in those, you know, odd years or middle years aren't that great. Like Australia often knocks them off. All Blacks sometimes pump them. Comes to a World Cup year in the Springboks, yeah, every time. Yeah, well, they're defending champions, the Springboks. Yeah. They, I think they, they scored five tries to one, and it was a lot more dominant what the scores suggested. They are they are such a good rugby team. And I think um, there was a little bit of – I know you've just been over to New Zealand, Scope, and I don't want to hurt the New Zealand feelings, but I think there was a little bit of false hope. They beat Australia in the rugby championship. They beat Argentina. They beat South Africa. But prior to that, like, everyone was off Ian Foster in New Scrappy. Zealand. Very scrappy. Like, yeah. so it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, the Wallabies play on Monday against France. All right, we're going to get to the news. But after the news, we're going to do a deep dive into the Warriors versus the Dragons game. Uh, are the Warriors the real deal in 2023? Egan from dummy half. And Noah Blake has to play a ball-making role. Now here's Pompey. And Adam Pompey goes in. Oh, that was too easy for the Warriors. The Dragons' defence just opened up. And Adam Pompey gets the Warriors going first. Egan out the back, Johnson. Johnson away to Charns. Charns got the ball. Oh. And Charns! <laughs> Michael Kunstar <laughs> scores a try. Oh. Crystal ball. Johnson steps away, puts a grubber through. And Sloan is going to ground it. Or is Fanua Blake going to ground it? The bunker will look at it, and I think he knows it can be at the moment, though, through Peter Goff. He said it's a try. That's silly play from Sloan. Really. It's confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> How is that not grounded, though? Alrighty, there it is. The Warriors 18 defeat the Dragons 6. I'm not even sure that scoreline does the game justice. I actually think it was potentially even closer than that. I thought the Dragons the were a little a bit hard done by on a couple of dis- – you know what's a really hard 
decision or referee decision that probably doesn't come under the microscope as much because you don't really get time to judge it is the six again call. Yeah. Um, the Dragons had two or three, in my opinion, um, really soft six again calls at at right at the end, back end of the sets, obviously, like on the yeah. fourth and fifth tackle. Um, and then the Warriors went bang, bang, scored a couple of tries. Uh, they should have really been up by more when Adam Fanua Blake crossed for his first one that got disallowed. Yeah. He just, for whatever reason, he had a bit of a smile on his face, was looking at the crowd, forgot to put the ball down. And then he got gifted one by Tyrell Sloan a little bit later on to make up for it, really. So um, the Dragons showed some fight. They showed some character. They have been. I was talking to oh, the players yeah. about it, um, the Warriors boys about it on the episode, and it's quite difficult. I think, you know, when you look at the schedule for the Warriors, at the back end of the season, there's a part of that competitive side of the that probably wants to be playing more meaningful games, like playing against teams right. that are in and around and fighting for the eight, right. rather than playing these teams that are playing with house money, like the Dragons, like Manly, like mathematically Tigers. they could have made it, Tigers. Dolphins, like they're playing all these sorts of teams. Yep. And, um, you know, like when you look at the schedule, everyone's going, well, Warriors are going to win five of five, which they're doing. Right? They're, they're, they're getting the, the wins, but people are now criticizing them for not winning by enough. Uh, so that's going to be difficult in, in its own right. But I think they're going to be cherry ripe by the time it comes to finals. All right. Well, let's start off. Uh, this is going to roll on throughout the show. This is our first one of the morning. On the Mowers Club, it's time for Hit It. Or quit it. All right. I'll kickstart us. Hit it or quit it, the Warriors. Are they a genuine chance at winning the comp? Quit it. Quit it, Scope. I'm going to quit it. And hopefully you disagree with me so we can have a bit of a discussion on this. I'm quitting it on the Warriors. I don't think that they are the real deal. I've loved watching them all season. I'm loving watching the crowd and the fans over there. But I look at their past few games, and you did speak about who they've played. And I think... I think this is a terrible run into semi-final football for the Warriors, and it really worries me, um, the teams that they've been playing. So they beat the Dragons, 18-6, just. They beat Manly by seven. They beat the Tigers by eight. They beat the Titans by 10. That is four, or th- yeah, that's four cellar-dweller teams in a row. Yep. And they've only just got home in each of them. Prior to that, they beat Canberra by one point. And the last time they had a big win against a decent team was back in round 20 against the Sharks, who at the time were absolutely struggling. The only times they've come up against top sides this season, and I say South Sydney's a top side, but are they really? Probably not. They got spanked by Souths. Uh, They got beaten by the Broncos. They got beaten by the Panthers. They've been beaten twice by the Roosters, beaten by the Storm, beaten by the Knights. So any time this season, basically, they've come up against a side who's either above them or close to them on the ladder, they've, they've been beaten. So um, great season, great run into the finals, but I think this is probably the worst preparation for a finals out of any side coming in. I'm going to go hit it. So there you go. Nice. I'm, I'm hitting it with the Warriors. It's going to be really tough to beat the top two teams, obviously, but I'll give you a couple of reasons why I really like the Warriors. The most concerning loss of that entire uh, um, schedule that you, you read out before is the Broncos one. The Broncos were missing multiple players in that game too. So not only were they playing the Broncos. I think who, it was origin time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it might have been, yeah. Because while she was out, I think Payne Haas, yeah. I think it was multiple uh, 
um, origin players were out. So that's that's the most concerning part. But when I look at the Warriors in the makeup, so like I said, I think they're ready for finals footy. I think they're looking forward to finals footy and playing the better yep. teams uh, for a couple of reasons that you stated. I look at in the halves, all the best teams and the teams that are more that have been the most consistent, they've got a half, a veteran half that's getting the team around. Sean Johnson's doing that. Killing it. To win competitions, you've got to have power through the middle. They've got that. Adam Fanua, Blake, and Tahu Harris. Yep. Um, I like the – to also win big games, it, the blueprint has been from the Panthers. You've got to be able to have a back three that can get you on the front foot. Tick. Marcelo Montoya, Dallin Watson, as Lesniak have big developed time. a really good combination. So um, a couple of reasons. There, there are a number of reasons I like roster-wise. I uh, also like the consistency that they've had despite – like I said, playing some of these lower-ranked teams and you'd like to beat them by more, they're still finding a way to do it. Uh, and I never want to see a player get injured. And I dare say, you know, the Warriors would have liked the uh, tough decision that Webby would have had to have made with Luke Metcalf. But I think Tomato Martin is a better option for finals footy. Uh, for for where he's come from, the experience of he was that wonder kid early on. If you go back to the, the Penrith Panthers and Cowboys days, he developed into, you know, with, with the break, the, the time away from footy. And when he's playing for the Broncos last year, he was arguably one of their most underrated players. Mm. Uh, they won a lot of games when he was playing. They yeah. lost a lot of games when he didn't play. Yep. And uh, I just think he's going to bring that steady head to that left edge defensively and in attack that's really going to free up Sean to play his best footy despite how good Metcalf was going for the Warriors. There's two things that worried me about the Warriors last night. And... Uh, in the wash-up, it does. It really doesn't matter because the Warriors can only beat who's in front of them and they don't need to be winning these games by big scores. Yep. So I can get it from a, a player's perspective of it's tough to get up for. Even though they've got, you know, 25,000 mad Warriors fans watching them each game, the atmosphere looks incredible. Uh, the Dragons have the worst left-edge defense in the comp. I think they've leaked something like 52 tries in 24 games. Um, terrible, terrible left-hand defense. Last time Dallin Matini Zalesniak played them, he scored four tries down that side. Last night, they barely went at that left-edge defense all night. So I'm watching it going, the inability of the halves and some of the backs to really, you know, focus in on that left-hand defense, whether it was a game plan they couldn't do it or they didn't plan for it, I'm not sure. But I'm watching that going, I, I don't understand it. Dallin Wittenny Zalesniak came into a dollar twenty nine anytime try scorer, mm. and they barely got to him in good ball. Um, and then the other one for the Warriors that's just started to become a bit more prevalent at this back half of the season, and I, I know Penrith and the Broncos would be watching it, and their eyes would be lighting up. Some of the edge defense for the Warriors is starting to get a little thin. Yeah, so the left edge, right? Yeah. Um, while Some I was Montoya away in New Zealand, two boys, by the way, side, I, I had a nice yeah. little multi win while I was over there. I had Dallin for two and I had Jason Saab for two. And they both went over in the first half, right? I had that ticked off while I'm enjoying the game. What was that paying? It was paying good. Yeah. It, was paying, it, was, it was paying over 30 to one. Responsibly, of course. Wow. I had, yeah, I had a little nibble wow, on it. Anyway, wow, wow. so one thing they, like you said, you're losing to it. Um, what threw them off is they lost the young kid, Finer, who was on debut um, for the Dragons in the same – at the same time, Lomax, they had a collision. Lomax went, went off for HIA. Then he comes back on. Um, they really went at it for about the 10-minute period because Jacob Little was actually on the wing. So they did a few kicks in behind um, trying to expose uh, that wing position. But then once 
Lomax ended up come back, coming back onto the field. Uh, Zach Lomax, for all the things that you know, you sort of get frustrated with Zach Lomax. He's actually a really good defender, like a man-on-man defender. He ended up Strong. shifting to the left wing position. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, I think it, you know, they just shied away from that edge and they started going to the left. But one thing they did fix up is, I was also on Dallin and Ravalawa, right? Because yeah. I was thinking right edge again. They fixed their left edge defensively against the Dragons, and it's not the best opposition. But yeah. um, so, if, despite not attacking and going as well on their right edge, their left edge actually defended a lot better, and they mm. only let him one try. Yeah. Um, so, um, I've got this vision in my head of Reese Walsh sweeping around on the right side for the Broncos, and Pompey and Montoya just being all sorts rattled. And and I dare say I'm I'm going to say that for most left edges <laughs> yeah. when Reece Walsh is coming around the corner, because um, he even did that to the best New South Wales team. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a big task for sure. Penrith, like we're going to go hit it and quit it, and Penrith and Brisbane are obviously going to be right up there. But I'll give them a chance. Um, particularly if something crazy can happen now, like Penrith with the Drame injury, um, and for whatever reason, one of them drop a. a first week of finals game and end up mm. on the on, on the same mm. side, whether it be for injury, uh, a suspension, something crazy or... That would open it right up, wouldn't that, it? You know, then everyone becomes uh, becomes available for the for the competition or at least making the grand final. I wonder if playing away from home might help the Warriors because, you know, now it's like this Probably huge, it won't happen now. Well, the first week of finals, it will. Yeah, definitely like, for the first pe- week. Well, pending if... Penrith rest players. Oh, that, that was like Penrith, second or Penrith first. have got too good a for and against. They're they're like 150 in front. So Penrith, if Broncos win back to back, Penrith can't finish any worse or any higher than second next week. So I'm just gotcha. I'm thinking from a point of view where it's all been so great for the Warriors. They've been playing in Napier. They've been playing in Hamilton. They're playing sold out crowds at home, and it's just all this big occasion where. We're going to go to Penrith week one and go, okay, well, it's us versus them and yep. let's let's sort of galvanise and maybe bring out a big performance. But I, I hope they I hope they go far. Look, I, I hope I, they I, do. I, I, I'm supporting the Warriors now for this final series. That's my team. Yeah, be, second favourite team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be a lot of people in that category, I reckon. Like, yeah. You know, we like an underdog, but also I just think it's a great story, the Waz. So... I'm Team Wise. Uh, Texas in Warriors fans, 0457736736. Warrior Holic, did you bump into him? I didn't. I've, I I've, just saw him pop up on social. So he actually has a podcast about the Warriors. Um, he's a more than just an SEN listener. He's a proper. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, we had we were you know uh, very lucky for a few podcasts to reach out to us when we were coming over because um, we had we we're trying to roster in some some time to, to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. networking. And uh, no, the Warrior Holic, maybe if he had reached out and said he was a Warrior Holic from SEN, it would have been more familiar. Yeah. So uh, we would have got it done. But um, no, I didn't catch up with him while I was over there. All right. Uh, we'll get to the other matches after the break. We're going to keep doing this hit it or quit it throughout this show for these top eight sides. So keep tuned here on the Mowers Club, brought to you by Toro Mowers. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. We're Scope and Missile on this beautiful Saturday morning here in Sydney. Uh, one of our Texas uh, message through Scope saying you reckons Tex Hoy would be a decent surfer. Just wanted to, like, maybe you should do a search through levels. Who's the best, firstly, the best golfer in the NRL? Do you have an idea of that? Um, Across the whole I'm current still, playing I'm roster? still working on that. I've heard a couple of players that, um, so Caelan Ponga had, when he, when I played with him, when yeah. he was a youngster coming through in New Zealand, he was playing in proper like amateur championships over there, and he there was like a, a realistic decision like, do I put?
put all this effort into golf or obviously footy's worked out really well for him. I heard Jared Warrior Hargraves is really good. Um, really? Like in the Bryson DeChambeau. Well, like <laughs> as in playing off single, low single okay. digits, like yep. a lot of the players. Cause, because back in the day, it was head and shoulders, Braith above the rest, right? Yeah, Braith, again, he was another one of those guys. Um, Who could have been a pro. Sam Sam Burgess, when he was um, away up in um, up in Coffs, he was he got – I did an episode with him. He got down to as low as like two or three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's some really good golfers. Yeah, some guys that play a little bit more and, and keep it in line. I think Ryan Pappenhausen's pretty good down in Melbourne. Yeah, I reckon you should try and find the best golfer and maybe best surfer as yeah, well. Yeah, surfer would be cool. Yeah. And there'd be some really cool content out of that, I reckon. Yeah, really good. Because Tex Hoy's dad, Matt Hoy, was a professional surfer yeah, okay. on the world tour. Yep. So um, best surfer, best golfer in the NRL. I like it. All right, uh, heaps of texts coming through. We'll get to all of those. Uh, still to come, we're going to do hit it or quit it on each team who's still a shot at the finals. And that will start after this with the Dolphins versus the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys 34 defeated the Dolphins 10. We're going to hit it or quit it on the North Queensland Cowboys.